Ask Andy is our new subscriber-only show. Every month, Andy answers your questions. Like these. What's your favourite colour biro? What the f*** is it with you and terrapins? Uh, what are the spring 2024 catwalk colours? How goes it with the sitar? Can you recommend either the floating barge or the detour to Rwanda? What do you think of the kids of politicians getting into politics? Maybe you and your colleagues would be able to suggest some coping mechanisms. And Andy even asks a few questions himself. Do you, do you think I could get to Christmas number one? Subscribe to Ask Andy Now via any podcast platform. Go to thebuglepodcast.com forward slash donate. Hello, this is Top Stories. I am Andy Zaltzman with the show that gives you the biggest news in the world a long time after it actually happened. But when it happened the first time, we were right there on the spot on the Bugle podcast. In January 2017, the White House had a new resident, Donald J. Trump. Straight off the back of the inauguration, Hari Kondabolu joined me to try to make sense of what had just happened. This is issue 4013 of the Bugle entitled American Carnage. Top Story. It isn't pretend it's real. Reality star Donald Trump, President of the United States. Uh, for a while there, I thought perhaps the Mayans were right, and uh, we all died in 2012, as predicted, and that this was just <laughs> hell. <laughs> and I actually would prefer this being hell than real life, because at least if we're in hell, it makes some kind of sense. It's so. <laughs> absurd and also i'm starting to think that all those celebrities that died in 2016 knew what was going to happen and they got out of here just in time i feel like they were clued in somehow it was uh it was awful watching uh, the inauguration he looked scared to death he looked frightened the whole way uh i felt like barack was holding his hand through the beginning till he got there um it was weird looking into the crowd lots of red hats Lots of red hats in the crowd that, uh, that said, make America great again. Uh, Trump making a killing on the inauguration. <laughs> Never thought that, that being president would be a financial boon during the inauguration. <laughs> uh, so that happened. Basically, I was seeing a crowd with a bunch of people who think this man can turn back time and stop <laughs> the flood of progress. But on a positive <laughs> note, Andy... I might start right. my business of selling magic beans again. Oh, that's because that's been out of out of out of business for a while, hasn't it? Oh yeah, I mean, I haven't uh, done that since uh, they started selling the Iraq War to Americans. I'm like, ah, this is the time for the beans. <laughs> They're up for it. Um, I was intrigued by the fact that when he swore the oath, he was using uh, I read he was using President Lincoln's inauguration Bible, <sighs> and yet. Miraculously, his hand did not dissolve on contact with Abraham Lincoln's Bible. So isn't that that could have been a prosthetic hand made of some special, special? I don't know, Lincoln-proof substance. I mean, if it had been his own flesh, <laughs> surely the spirit of Lincoln would have absolutely annihilated it. It wasn't Lincoln's Bible, Andy. No way. They they probably hid right, that to make sure he wouldn't destroy it. And also, based on the Golden Showers rumors, I don't think that would be the right thing. That is a that is a American <laughs> artifact. We can't have uh, strangers' urine, foreign urine at that, <laughs> all over uh, the Lincoln Bible. Right. 
Well, it'll all be American urine from now on for Trump. He's 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 going to keep those activities <laughs> at home, surely. Um, there was a copy of Playboy tucked into the Bible, to be fair. So, um, uh, it was. Here's a quick tip for buglers: um, do not. Uh, I repeat, do not read out the transcripts of Trump's inauguration mm. speech in a German accent. <laughs> absolutely, <laughs> absolutely, do not do that. Not even for fun. Just don't. Just especially not this bit. We assembled here today and are issuing a new decree to be heard in every city, in every foreign capital, and in every hall of power from this day forward. A new vision will govern our land from this day forward. It's going to be America first! America first! Don't do that. Do not... Do, I, I, I fell for the temptation. I feel, I feel, I feel dead inside. Oh, wait, did you do the German impression already? Because that's how I heard it. <laughs> that's a, I thought that was... Oh, that's not? Okay. He kept saying America first, which is when have we not been, like, thought about our interests first? But he kept... So that was, like, the, the key phrase, America first, which for me was weird because it was, like, strange to hear a preview of the words that will be said to me during a hate crime. <laughs> it was like oh that's going to be the okay it's not just going to be USA USA it's America first <laughs> it was um, as a non-American obviously I have no right to uh, hold an opinion on your democracy or I didn't until Trump said we will de get, determine the course of America and the world for many many years to come to me, Harry, he seems to be basically expressing the worldview of an unusually incubated four-year-old. <laughs> and the essential message of Trump's speech seemed to be, there's no I in isolationism. Right. <laughs> well, also, he said, um, when Americans are united, we are unstoppable, which, that's some super villain nonsense. I mean, that's, <laughs> like, that's not even trying to pretend that he's a good guy that's like straight up like who wants to be unstoppable <laughs> just you know and he was talking about we're only gonna think of america we're not gonna worry about other people like other people's issues we're gonna keep the wealth here it's basically he's trying to starve out the developing world and uh we're not allowed to get foreign things anymore is the uh is the idea his wife is not from here <laughs> But okay. Are we looking at, you know, is, is, is there going to be a, like a ceremonial slaying of Mrs. Trump as a kind of gesture of, <laughs> oh, of American isolationism? You know what? And maybe he, he will. I can see this happening because we, we, we had, uh, I know America's not, not had what you might call, a, you know, a, a second civil war over this yet. Um, but when we had, uh, we had a big civil war in the 15th century, at the end of which as a gesture of conciliation, um, Henry Tudor married uh the um, former queen of uh, Edward IV, I think I'm right in saying. So it basically bringing together the, the Lancastrian and York, Yorkist sides of the civil war to create a new unified nation. Now, you know, if, if Trump is going to slay his wife as the subtext of his speech, quite clearly suggested he will in a, in a, in a gesture of uh, American independence, surely he will have to marry Hillary Clinton. As, to bring, <laughs> he talks about bringing the nation together. That is the only way he can do it. I think Bill will happily step aside. Does she, does she have a choice in the matter, or is it kind of is that not how Trump's America works with women? Uh, uh, well, clearly that it doesn't. You know, I mean, Trump's America does not work with women. 
um, <laughs> judging by his cabinet. I, I think I know. She said she wants the best for America. I'm sure she'll she'll step up to the plate. <laughs> and also, given that he has absolutely no experience of politics uh, of any kind, really, uh, you know, it'd probably do him good to have uh, have a first lady who's done the job before. I mean, he does have his daughter in, in whatever situation that is. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that that might even be a step beyond the pale for Donald. <laughs> um, there's an awful lot in the speech, Harry, about uh, attacking the Washington establishment. Um, he said, we're, we're, we are transferring power from Washington, D.C. and giving it back to you, the people. Uh, I mean, I guess the question is how, and the answer would be shut the f- up. Great. But a- as a person... Of America, are you excited about getting all this power back, and, and what are you going to do with it? Oh my God! I barely get my rent paid on time. <laughs> I'm the last person who should have. Well, I'm the second to last person <laughs> who should have control of America. When did people ever have power? That's not true. There was always somebody like in charge telling everyone else what to do, and if there was dissent, bad things would happen. I mean, that's that's fairly universal. I mean, ugh. he talked about like jobs being sent overseas and about changing the status quo, like as as if everyone was ignoring that he was up there, as if he has struggled. It's like he had complete, and somehow it worked. People seem to be down with the idea that. Uh, you know, everything's coming to an end. Well, I mean, that might make financial sense, isn't it? Cheeky little Armageddon. <laughs> uh, settle things up. One thing that was calming about the speech is that he did have the okay hand gesture up most of that speech, which was which was comforting because <laughs> it seemed to indicate everything would be okay. Well, that's just that's the way that he works people. You know, he's, he's a master manipulator. <laughs> Well, you talk, talked about this sort of international attitude. You said the wealth of our middle class has been ripped from their homes and then redistributed all across the world. All across the world, Donald. Uh, yeah, I'm sure those Rwandans and Bangladeshis are getting absolutely hammered <laughs> on middle-class American champagne as we speak. Maybe, maybe not all, all across the world. There's been some interesting global reaction. Uh, Chris picked this up. Uh, that North Korea state news have not reported on the inauguration at all. Not a B, not important enough. Right. And that's currently, in, in some possibly related news and the latest world happiness rankings, North Korea, currently the happiest nation in the world, jumped up from last place to first <laughs> just by not reporting on the Trump inauguration. There was some seriously outlandish stuff. Nothing more outlandish than this. We will build new roads and highways and bridges and airports and tunnels and railways all across our wonderful... Railways, America! You have always ignored the railway. Why now? Why Why the railway? Now, that is one of the defining features of America, a country that clearly would have benefited from a functioning railway network, and all of a sudden he's throwing away that key plank of national identity. The man is a hypocrite. That was one of those moments uh, where I realized that he might have written the speech himself. <laughs> like, it felt like that should have been checked. And also, like, Obama was the one that was talking about high-speed railway when he was elected, and everyone thought he was a maniac. And for some reason, that just kind of slipped right through. (laughs) I was really hoping that Chuck Schumer, the uh, Democratic minority leader who spoke uh, before before, uh, the the swearing-in and whatnot, I was hoping he would filibuster 
there was that, that small feeling because he was talking <laughs> for a while. And then I'm like, oh, I see where this is going. He was talking about the Civil War. Then I'm like, if I was him, I'd be like, well, let's start with the first day of the Washington administration. And, <laughs> and then the second day. And if he just kept it up for about like, I don't know, three, three and a half years till the next election cycle, you know, <laughs> I think, I mean, we, I don't know. We, there, has, there has to be a way out. There might be aliens. There might be a way out of this. Yeah. Well, um, I can suggest uh, one good way out, and that is uh, you need to watch more cricket, Harry, because cricket's on you know, pretty much all the time. Uh, you know, the long games last five days. That is an awful lot of time you can distract yourself from. Uh, I mean, I reckon if you if you if you can get it, you could probably spend almost the entirety of the next four years watching cricket. <laughs> if. I mean, I think that might be the way for Americans to uh, to survive. That's generally how I deal with breakups, except with baseball. Right. I generally, baseball does a pretty sound job. Well, yeah, yeah I be, you know, there's a Ken Burns documentary uh, called Baseball about uh, the history of um, baseball, and it's uh, <laughs> it's like 20- it's basically real time, isn't it, from the start? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's about 4,000 hours. Well, basically, it feels like 4,000 <laughs> hours, but it fills up a lot of time. And after a breakup, I like to watch that over and over again to feel a sense of comfort and that I belong to something. And uh, usually I, uh, you know, am pantsless uh, where, uh, eating a mango. <laughs> um, so that's well, the next is, four this, years, Andy, is what I'm saying. <laughs> could be one of the positive sides of, of Trump rule. You know, it might, might have been a kind of bizarrely, almost a kind of aggressively... Uh, <laughs> A pessimistic, divisive speech for an incoming president. Yeah, um, but it, I mean, it could be a huge boon for the American hobby industry. There's going to be a lot of people. You know, you're watching baseball videos. People taking up all manner of stuff to distract them from. I mean, this could be an absolute. Maybe this is how he's intending to rebuild the American economy <laughs> by just getting everybody to lock themselves in a shed and build model ships for four years or something. Thank you for listening. The latest new episode of The Actual Bugle from right now is in your pod feeds as we speak.